Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. I'm going to open up with Seek God for the City. After we have prayed about our city, all the different nations prayed about our city, at the end of, of, of that period, actually began on Thursday, May the 13th, we were starting to recognize and pray according to Christ who have ascended to heaven to recognize him as who he is and to exalt his holy name. Amen. So um, I'm going to use that as our opening for, for this morning. Seeing the enthronement of Jesus in Psalms 110. And I'm going to first read the Psalms and then read what the Arthur says. The Lord said to my Lord, we know this is God speaking to Jesus. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will, voluntarily free, will volunteer freely in the day of your power in holy array from the womb of the dawn. Your youth are to you as the dew. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, which is what I'm going to talk about today. Amen. So we exhort him as an ascended king, praise him as an overcoming Lord, and follow him as the only global priest. Isn't it amazing how the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us in areas and, and, and we take it all for granted or we sit here like it's not a big deal when God is really trying to get a message to us. Amen? So, um, okay, it, like I said, this began on Thursday. And uh, this was Friday, Christ exalted as king and priest. And today Christ is endowed with authority. So I'm going to read the scripture that supports that. Daniel 7. I kept looking in the night vision, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days. Now, as you're listening to this, remember, this is in Daniel 7. So Jesus was in the Bible in the Old Testament. Amen. It was prophesied of his coming. And see, that helps you to understand that our Christian faith is the only one true faith because it's the only one that the prophecies were told before and they're still being manifested. Amen. Amen. He came up to the ancients of days and was presented before him and to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and people of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. That was Daniel 7, 13 through 14. So we celebrate Jesus today as King of Nations forever. We pray for him to be served in every people. We entrust God's entrust kingly authority to humanity. Now, we also ask you, Father, for the heathens of our nation to be saved by the knowledge of the blood of Jesus. Because God told us that he will give us the heathens as if we ask for them. Amen. Father, send labors to the White House and the courthouses to save all the people of authority from the top to the bottom. Save local government in every state of the United States. Protect the men and women in government positions who have the courage to stand out and speak out for truth and not agree because they belong to a certain political party. God, we, we thank you that we can request this. Petition your court for right to ring out, truth and justice to ring out, 
in such a time as this we ask you to forgive us for going to the polls uneducated and not interested in knowing the truth so that we can vote correctly in order for us to live in a peaceable lifestyle and in all godliness as you have requested. God, thank you for chances after chances to get it right and to lay our sins on your altar. Thank you for revealing to us what we need to know in order to walk in the way you are directing us. So Father, in advance, I'm thanking you for the souls that you're gonna save from the White House to our houses. Amen. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. Now, Lord, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Now I'm going to tell you why I made that early statement that the enemy kept people at home today. Because the title of my message today is called Tithing. <laughs> Glory. Now... I will not teach on tithing today, not for the purposes of putting everyone on a guilt trip. That is not my intention. But to inform for the purpose of spiritual and natural victory in Christ. For the purpose of informing you so we can have spiritual and natural victory in Christ. See, we think it's all about the money, but it isn't. It's far more than that. We will accomplish more and have greater peace when we get beyond thinking about ourselves and happiness and think more about our Lord, make him first and foremost, who will provide us with the joy which is far more fulfilling than happiness which is fleeting. Amen. 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 The first original sin in the garden was committed because of the deception of self. Thereby, selfishness being a highly protective sin of, of the day. Amen? So let's go over to Malachi. And I know you all are familiar with this, but I pray that you get a new revelation out of this. Malachi 3. Hallelujah, Jesus. You know what? I'm excited about truth. Don't matter who's here. I'm excited about truth. Amen. And, I'm, and we've already had a, a, a rejoicing, blessed time in our, in our worship this morning. And the worship continues on as we learn about what God has to say about us as his covenant people. Amen. Amen. Malachi 3, and we're going to read verses 8 through 12. And it says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and in offerings. I'm going to come back. I'm going to do like I do on Wednesday. I'm going to come back and then we're going to dissect this. Okay, because this is a teaching moment. It is not a preaching moment. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now here, herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. The windows of heaven. Amen. It's plural. Amen. And pour you out a blessing that there should not be room enough to receive it. And I will re rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And that casting time means to fail to bear the fruit in its proper timing, because everything has a season. Every purpose has a season. Amen. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land. Mmm. Delightful. <laughs> land. 
saith the Lord of hosts. For some reason, I think I need to read 13. Your words have been stout against me. Mm. Harsh against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken so much against thee? You know, we don't realize sometimes what we're saying because it's really coming from your heart. And there are some things that we say and think and breathe out that comes against God, and we're doing it in ignorance. We don't even realize what we're doing and what we're saying. Amen? Amen. I know that that may be hard to, to digest because you're thinking, I would never say anything against God or do anything against God. But the Bible is telling us when we act contrary to what he has commanded and asked us to do, we're speaking and coming against him. Amen? Let's go back and begin again. Will a man rob God? And he says, yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? He says, in tithes and in offering. We rob God when we fail to pay God what is rightly his. This is a biblical command, not a pastor's command. And Genesis 14, 18, verses 18 through 20, shows where Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek because of the blessing. Let's go over to that and look at that. Genesis 14, beginning with verses 18 through 20. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram. This is even before he became Abraham. This is even before he became in covenant with God. Okay? Which proves this. If you follow God's principles, even if you don't belong to him, you're going to reap the blessing that he will give even to covenant people. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Melchizedek obviously had some wisdom. Okay. And blessed be the Most High God, which have delivered thy enemies into thy hand, and gave him tithes of all. Now, why did Melchizedek tell Abram that he's, the Lord is blessing you and have delivered your enemies into your hand because of Abram's faithfulness and obedience. Okay? See, when we do what we're supposed to, God then will bless us with what we need. Amen? Amen. And so God gave him his enemies and not let them overpower him and come against him. He destroyed, Abram destroyed the enemies in in this particular land. Now, we need to know what happened to, uh, about Melchizedek. He was a king of Salem, and Salem was the original name for Jerusalem. So he was king of Israel and a priest as well. There is no beginning in the Bible about him. It is just like he just popped up like Jesus. Okay? <laughs> But he's a high priest. And, and because he was a high priest, he had not only the right, but the authority and the power to bless Abram because of his obedience unto the Lord. Which is what God does for us when we obey his commands. The blessing is not just a spiritual blessing. The blessing is a natural blessing. So you're worrying about lack and not having, but you wouldn't have to worry so much if you obey God's kingdom principles. Amen. Amen. Yep. Now, this principle was put in force before the law was. Are y'all listening? Yes. Okay. You need to understand that. Because, you, because some people want to argue the fact that's Old Testament and that's the law and then it's not of today. What happened with Melchizedek and Abram 
what happened before the law in Leviticus. Okay. And we also need to realize that it also occurs, occurs in the New Testament under grace. The New Testament brought us grace. And even under grace, we're asked to give our tithes. Oh, glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, so let's go over to uh, Matthew 23. And the Lord doesn't ask us to do anything for him that does not bless us. He doesn't need our money. It's to bless us. Okay, Matthew chapter 23. See, you know, this is one of these days where I was where I'm not going to get a whole lot of nice looks, amens, and agreement. This is going to be an ouch day. Matthew 23, 23 says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Because they only knew a form of godliness, but they didn't know the power. And so we don't know the power of God when we don't obey what God is telling us to do. See, everybody kind of think power is to have a healing line and, 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 and the pastor's up there laying hands on folks and you're falling up under the spirit. That's not the power of God. That's the authority and the anointing that the pastor is standing in in God's name doing what comes natural with the gift. The signs and the wonders and the miracles are supposed to follow those who believe. The power of God is that you recognize who you are in God, follow and obey God so he can change who you are and become more like Jesus. That's the power of God. But no, we want to see performance. We don't want commitment and submitting our ways unto the Lord so that he can give us the kind of peace and joy that only he can give that will help you to walk this lifestyle without failing, fainting, and falling. So the power is that I hear, and what I hear, I apply so that I can walk in what I've just heard that's going to change me to be like my new name is, righteous, redeemed, justified. So it says, for you you pay tithe, tithe, I'm sorry, tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done and not to leave the other undone. Okay, now for you to understand that, I do need to read my commentary because all of those first names are actually herbs. And some of you may be using them today as you cook if you know how to cook. (laughs) Okay. So, <laughs> verse 23 says, uh, a tithe or a tenth, and we all know that, that tithe means a tenth, a tenth of your earnings, and that's before deduction. Amen. If there's any news to you. Because <laughs> we, we will figure it out, calculate it where it's convenient. But you see, obeying God is not convenient. Is it, Cherie? <laughs> you, when you start serving God, you find out it is not convenient. But when you obey him, it is so rewarding and so peaceful. You get beyond being uncomfortable. Okay. The tithe, the tenth of all produce, all produce was by the Mosaic law to be given for the use of the priests and the Levites. Several spices of mint grow in Palestine. Anise is better rendered deal. So if you cook seafood, fresh seafood, that's what you use on it, deal, okay? It grew both wild and cultivated. Its fruits begin used for medicine. The seeds of cumin, cumin, somebody I think says cumin, which resembles caraway, were used as a spice in seasoning, which is basically used on a lot of seafoods, some, some types of vegetables, but basically on seafood, okay? 
And such little matters, the Pharisees were most careful to keep the law, yet they had completely overlooked its, mo its more important precepts, which it was easy to give away them little spices, but not to give the first produce that they had to the Lord. Okay? Let's go over to 1 Corinthians 9. Help us, Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 9 and uh, verses 7 through 14. It says, Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? Who planted a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth the flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? That, so, okay, you can't give to God, but you would have a problem with planting stuff and you didn't get to take the first fruit of it. You would have a problem if you had a cow and, and then the milk that came from that cow, you didn't get to use it. And especially the first of it, you were like, this is mine, I, whatever is left, I may. Well, who do you think provides you, first of all, with the brain power and the energy and the health to even work? And then grace you with favor with your employer to pay you fair wages. So you were blessed by God, not by yourself, although you thought because you went out and interviewed for the job that you got the job. You had favor by the Lord that allowed you to be able to get to the location for the interview. To have ears to hear so you can respond to the questions and in our mouth to speak when you responded to the questions. In other words, you live and have your being because of him. And so whatever you have accumulated is because he gave you the ability to accumulate it. And if you want 90% of what you have to be blessed and multiply and increase, then you need to give the 10%, the first 10% to God. Stop complaining about what you don't have and the lack that as a result of you being disobedient. If you want more and you want an increase, then give the author of what you have the first 10% of what you've made. Verse 8 says, say I these things as a man, or say not the law of the same also. For it is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treaded out the corn. Doeth God take care for oxen? Or saith he it all together for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth shall plow in hope, and he that and he that threshes in hope shall be partaker of his hope. In other words, there is nothing that you can do as planting a seed that you don't reap the benefit from it. And you don't get the increase. Amen. He says, if we have sown unto you spiritual things, it is a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things. This is Paul talking. So he's saying that we have laid our lives down to teach you and to preach to you so that you can grow. Then you, these are the natural things, but you're going to reap in, 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 in spiritual things, I'm sorry, that we're putting out that you're going to reach, uh, uh, reap carnal things as a result of you being able to hear spiritual things because nothing that you get in the natural is not in the spirit. If you want to receive supernatural power from God, then you're going to have to let your natural mix in with his spirit in order for you to receive supernatural help. You don't think you can sit around here, do nothing, say nothing, hear nothing, and expect heaven to rain down whatever you need it does not have to be money or stuff you just need to have favor with somebody or maybe you need to have a little bit more wisdom so that you can operate and cooperate yeah. with another individual yeah. that you have to sleep with yeah. Hallelujah. or just how to raise your children yeah. 
because there are no books that were pre-written to tell you how to be a parent. And the one book that will tell you how to be a parent is called the Bible that we don't even try to read when you get pregnant or before you decide to, to embody a baby. And so you need to know just like the demonstration today, as a mother, God created women to be a carrier. So as a mother, she will know how to treat a baby by listening to the spirit inside of her that would direct her and tell her by instinct what to do if she's hearing the right voice. Amen. The Bible says, if any of you need wisdom, ask for it. So that lets me know you just don't automatically have wisdom or operate in wisdom until you ask for it. Amen. Amen. Why do you think everybody does things differently? Because they're hearing differently based on their circumstances and their situation. And the author of that voice is the spirit because he does not want you to fail. The reason we fail because like the demonstration was we listen to some other voice. But the Bible tells me that Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And my voice is the voice that they should follow. Amen? Amen. Okay, it says in verse 11, it says, if we have sown unto you spiritual things, it is a great thing if we reap your carnal things. If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather, nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Paul is saying, we don't use power and manipulation to control you like false teachers do. And so since we're not doing that and we're being completely free to the spirit to work to use us and to use and we righteously fairly come to you with what we have not asking for anything should you not freely give so that the gospel will not be hindered amen amen, amen. because you know in the, especially in the Corinthian church at that time there were a lot of false teachers because they were idol worshipers that were coming speaking and, uh, and trying to tear the people away from the, the gospel of Paul, which was the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, when we do not honor God with our lives, our bodies, and our possessions, severe spiritual and sometimes natural or materialistic and physical consequences results. What am I saying? Okay, go, go back to Malachi. Sometimes physical illness is the result of disobedience to obey what God is telling us to do. Sometimes all we need to do is just obey what the Lord is saying and watch him bless. Let me tell you, when you give your tithes, you are planting seeds that you will reap and benefit physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It's, and, and it's not just, it's, it, giving your tithes is not about getting a financial return. It's about getting an insurance policy that's going to protect you and keep you. Let me, let, let, let me go back, because we started by, out with, would a man rob God? Now let me tell you the Hebrew understanding of rob. To cover, spoil. That's what you do with your money. You cover it to keep it from God to do what you want. And it becomes spoiled because it can't go as far without God's blessings. And then you can't figure out why you can't, you know, make what... Ends meet, thank you. <laughs> Ends meet, why well, can't do this and why well, don't have that? Because well, you spoiled your money when you covered it up. <laughs> okay? The word robbed, past, uh, past tense, means to plunder, catch, gathered, to take for a spoil. So you premeditate 
in advance what you're going to do. You start planning on what you're going to do, what you're going to spend, and you don't even think about giving that first 10% to God. So therefore, you have plundered, <laughs> spoil what you have. Are y'all with me? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> Glory. Verse 9 says, so therefore you are cursed with a curse. Okay. Let me tell you what the Hebrew meaning of curse. Execate. Bitterly curse. It's to the extreme of cursing. Another phrase is to relieve oneself. And I'm not talking about urinating. That's what the curse is. Are y'all getting this? Because y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. It, yes, it is gross because it means that you have put it to mess. Nothing. Okay, God, these are your folks. Okay, 10 to 12, I'm going to read. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. The, the, the storehouse would be the house of God. That there may be meat or food in my house. And prove me now wherewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there should not be room enough to receive it. So he says, bring me the top off of your produce income to the house of God and prove me. This is, this is an instance in the Bible that God allows us. Normally, we don't get to test God. But he actually allows us to test him. Amen. Why? Because he knew yes. man would have a hard time yep. turning that money loose. Amen. <laughs> so he tried to make it a little easy for you and tell you, bring it and let me prove myself to you. Amen. God is telling you for sure. You don't have to speculate. You don't have to guess. You don't even have to put faith to this. What you got to put faith to is your ability to hearken and obey. God's saying, just do it. And I'll show you. We need to, we, 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 we need to understand this concept well. And I think that when we go to the story of Cain and Abel, it'll give you a little better understanding. All right? So let's go over to Genesis 4, 1 through, 1 through 15. It has never been this quiet before. <laughs> Genesis 4 and 1 through 15. And, and um, everybody knows this story about Cain and Abel. And Adam, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bared his brother, Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth or angry, and his countenance failed. Okay. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou, thou wroth, and why is it thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou, sh thou shalt not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Now I'm going to read my um, commentary um, for, that, for that verse, verse 7. But let's, 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 let's go back to give the difference. Because... I know a lot of people have always had a question, and I know that my first time I read it um, is, is when I was first born again. I didn't quite get it until I studied it more. 
But the difference is, is that God did not appreciate Cain's gift because his gift was just a little carryover. What I have left, I'm going to give to you, God. As a result, that was not a gift from his heart. You see, if you're going to give God tithes, that's a heart thing because you have to prepare and plan. It does just not pop up. You don't wait till you come to church to hear how well <coughs> the message is going to be. <coughs> Excuse me. To this, yes, I is working. <laughs> to decide how much you're going to give unto the Lord. Amen. That decision is made at home. When you begin to pay your bills with your income, because on the top of that list goes tithe, and then rent, da-da-da-da-da-da, okay? So you already know in advance, that envelope should always, always be prepared before you even arrive. Your offering, you may decide at that time what you want to give, and you don't have to really give that. But your tithes should have been planned long before you entered into the building called the church house. Okay, so his heart was not right. And because God honored Abel's gift, which was the first of fruit, it was his first flock, his prime flock, his great one that can produce other that he gave to God. He gave God his very best. The best part of the animals that can produce and create more. He gave it away to the Lord. Why? Because he has sense enough to know that God would give him back greater than what he gave him. Amen. And so Cain gets angry towards God, which really reveals his selfish heart. Now, I preference all of that at the beginning when I told you about in the garden. That, that, that original sin was about selfishness. Okay. So Cain is is his selfish heart causes him to get angry. Now, the results of such anger when someone of authority legitimately corrects. You got it, okay. See, that is only revealing the selfishness in your heart. When you get a legitimate correction from authority and you get angry, Oh, uh, to the point that you want to do almost like Cain. You want to kill, but what you don't do physically kill because you're afraid to go to hell and be punished. But you verbally, you let that tongue kill and destroy. It's just as bad. You might as well go and do the physical act because you're going to be judged and punished the same way. Amen. 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 For the thought. Amen. Amen. Oh, 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 okay. That's all right. You, I'm going to keep on going anyway. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. After he kills his brother, this is his brother. And I often wonder by when reading this, or are they twins? You know, one came out first and then the second one? Okay. He buries him. But Abel's blood cry out from the ground to God. For God to judge, pass judgment on the one who killed him. Because God gives life to all things. And he alone yes. <laughs> had the power or possessed the power to take it away. Yes. The life is in the blood. Yes. And that natural blood comes from God. This is why he has the authority to bind together lies in covenant because it's done by the blood. Now y'all need oh, y'all need to hear this. When people come together and, and uh, for the marriage ceremony and you hear things like let, let what God put together, let no man put asunder. That's not just for marriage. That's for any situation where something was birthed through blood. So women who gets pregnant is by blood. Why? Because the semen from the man is 90% blood that went into the woman and produced a baby. And so that's God's covering 
Amen. That's God's covenant. And when you decide that you're going to abort it or kill it on your own, you have just broken a covenant covenant that God put together by blood. That's why Abel's blood was crying out from the ground. Because he was in covenant with the Lord. He had sense enough to know that what he had, he needed to offer to God because God is the greater one. And God supports and upholds his blood covenant. Even when we break our covenant with him, he still keeps his covenant with us. And he will restore it the moment we wake up and realize we're operating in sin and confess that sin so he can now cleanse us again and lift us up. You cannot come between God and his blood covenant and get away with it. And get away with it. Amen. Let's, let's go back over to Malachi. In, in uh, Malachi, when it says that the Lord says, try me, prove me, and I will see that I will not open you windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there should not be room enough to, to, uh, for, you, for you to contain it all. This is speaking not just about money, but it's, it's speaking about provisions of both natural and spiritual. You will not suffer, suffer lack. You may have some moments, but because you've been tithing, grace and mercy rises up. (laughs) Glory. (laughs) And will kick in and supply all of your needs with the riches of glory through Christ Jesus. That's what, that's an insurance policy. That's what I'm talking about, an insurance policy. Because you are a giver by your heart. Grace and mercy pops in when when something tries to come and eat up your produce. What you have gained. You don't have to worry. I know personally, personally, that when you... Oh, Jesus. When we had a disaster and didn't know where we were going to have our next meal, least long anything else, pay the rent or none of that stuff, God kicked in. God kicked in because even though I didn't have a lot before and... (laughs) And my husband went into all of that, giving your, as he said, giving your money to that preacher. I, I gave um, whatever I got. If it was somebody gave me a love offering, I gave. But because I gave, God came in and supplied our needs supernaturally. Amen. 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 Supernaturally. It, it was nothing that you can explain. Anytime the government comes in, takes care of a situation that you only qualify because you did not have no income at all. Amen. And rebuild what was burned up. And restore what was burned up plus what wasn't even touched by the fire. Greater. But let me tell you. God told me that I'm going to give you, some of you have heard this before. I, I'm, I, was at, I was at a worship service. And, 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 and during the praise and worship, I got caught up. <laughs> See, that's why, you need, that's why you need to get into it sometimes. Not be spectators. But to get into praise and worship, because it's in those moments, sometimes you will have a visitation. And you don't have to be in your prayer closet to have that visitation. God will do it right in the midst of a crowd, but you'll feel like you're in a prayer closet, okay? When I'm I'm at Cobra Hall, Cobra Hall, I think it was T.D. Jake was the preacher. I don't even know what he preached. But I do know doing praise and worship, I got caught up. And while I was caught up in praise, God told me, I'm going to give you $10,000, but don't tell a soul. We did not 
neither one of us had a job any longer. And the house caught on fire. If we didn't have a job, you know we weren't paying uh, rent. So you know we weren't paying the insurance any longer on the house. If we couldn't pay our rent, how are we going to pay insurance? So when the house caught on fire, we had no coverage. Okay? God says, I'm going to give you $10,000. Don't tell a soul. Okay? Well, I didn't tell anybody. And let me tell you, there was an organization in our community called the EL78 Community uh, Organization. It's like a, a, a group of all of the uh, black clubs in the area come together from 8 Mile to 7 Mile, Evergreen and Lasher. <laughs> Evergreen and Lasher. The president of that organization, when she found out, because I was the president of the block club um, on, in my block, when she found out about it, she put in for me to get some help from the government. And I didn't even know it. She, she didn't even tell me. They called me and said, you qualify for a $15,000 grant to restore your house. Right, I don't have to pay it back, right to restore your house and I really so they come out and I'm telling what was burned they come out to uh, examine the house inspect it to, to make the to write up what 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 was going to happen now in the meantime after that I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember stuff uh, after the house was you know was burning everything we couldn't even the kitchen is messed up so we're in the basement using a hot plate and I fell asleep on the couch I thought I fell asleep I fell into a vision and God showed me my house after it's been repaired I had a vision of what the house was going to look like and it was so real when I woke up I said so let me go up here upstairs and start cooking and I thought you didn't have no kitchen and I'm like, oh my God, that was a, was a vision. So he told me that there was going to be two white men who were going to be uh, responsible for the restoration of my home. Okay? All right. So this, I didn't even plan this, so this must be God. Amen. So anyway, the, they came out and inspected the house. Now, the fire started in the kitchen. So the kitchen was just burned. But there was smoke damage through other parts of the house. When they came out to inspect my house and wrote up the inspection so that they can refer it to the construction company that was going to do it, I got a new furnace, all new copper pipes in the basement. Now, none of that was messed up, okay? I got new windows. Uh, the front porch was in, in, in the walkway was the cement part was was uh, redone. I got uh, a, a, a new walk-in closet. Um, I got stuff that had that had no damage, had nothing to do with the fire at all, besides a new kitchen. But now let me tell you, the construction the construction company that they used was a company that was not far from us, around on Seven Mile, who were two was was owned by an Italian guy. The owner came out and he referred me to the inspector who was going to take care of everything. They came out to see me and asked me what color you want this, what you want. They they bought a stove, the refrigerator. They restored everything. What color you want and all of this, okay? New floor, ceiling, the whole gamut, okay? Remember two white men? Okay, before then, people who were feeling sorry for me were saying, you got to get that fixed, you got, because they know I don't, I'm not accustomed to living like that. I go to, I go to Sears, before all of this happened, I go to Sears to see about getting my kitchen restored, and the Lord says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Did I tell you to go there? Let that go, because we would still be trying to pay for that, okay? So, anyway, when it comes out, the inspector comes out and he started telling me what all he was going to do and everything. Bottom line, I'm cutting corners. Bottom line was, when they got done, my house looked like the vision. Wow. It was just like the vision. And it didn't cost me a dime. Not one dime. And as the workers would come out, because you had people to do the windows, you had all, you know, different all kinds of people to come out to do stuff. As they would come out and, oh, I got new gutters. I forgot to tell you that. When they would come out to do the work, 
I kept my radio on, or I had on a cassette, nothing but Christ, Christian stuff, okay, the word or the, or the music, that I purposely did that. This is all you're going to hear from here, and, and with fix them drinks and stuff and all and and they became so friendly and so so kind to me as a result but I'm telling you if I hadn't tied off of what little bit I ain't even talking about off of a job I'm talking about off of what little bit that I have then God wouldn't have been able to bless me because there would be no door open for him to come in and do something but as the end result of that that's when my husband became a tither. Because that convinced him. We're not giving money to preachers, although they deserve it. If they are, are, are pastoring a church full time, they deserve it. But that's not the intent. You're not giving it for that reason. I'm, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. You're giving it because the churches have to do spiritual stuff and they need, they need the provisions for it. Yeah. Evangelism. Yeah. The book ministry yeah. that equips you. Yeah. Missionary work. Yeah. And that and outreach. When we go out, see we have how many committees? About 13 ministries and committees. That's outreach. We have to have funds to take care of the needs of the people that we go out and do something. Okay. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. We do a lot of outreach stuff. Okay? Um, equipment for communication. To be on Zoom and the conference call, you, we got to pay for that. That's not free. Because you can sit at home and hear this stuff. We have to pay for that, okay? Um, so there's equipment. The people that put that stuff in, you got to pay them. And being a church don't mean nothing. They want their money. They're not taking no cuts. Okay? So all of that equipment in that room was very expensive. Okay? This copier room, another equipment. Um, for the stuff that we put in here for the comfort of people who come into this room. Cleaning supplies as, re as well as ministry supplies. Consumer power. Okay? Carpet cleaning. You think we don't clean the carpet? Gonna just let you come in here on this filth and never clean it. We clean the carpet. And, and, and the works, the workshops and the seminars that we don't charge for. The ability to go and visit the sick. Okay? And it's probably, it's many more stuff that I remember. Okay? But it, it's those kinds of things is what the money is used for to afford for ministry to go forth. Don't think that is, don't take it for granted because you just show up. It takes money to run it. We just, I don't believe in having to beat you over the head to tell you to give your tithes and your offering. That's why we don't take up collection or anything. And I think you think, well, they don't need it. No, we do. It's on the side of the box, but I want you to be moved by your heart. Amen. Not because I'm up here, because God told me when, when I started the church, he said, I don't want you selling no rib dinners, chicken dinners, and nothing else to supply this church. I would take care of it. And guess what? He has been doing it. Even during this lack, when most of the people don't even come out, and we're not getting the funds in from tithes and offering like we used to. We have not missed a beat. Hallelujah, Jesus. Our bills are paid on time and before time. Amen. And the rent had the audacity to go up during COVID. <laughs> but God has kept it going. Do you understand what I'm saying? And for you... People who don't really know, I'm not the kind of pastor that demands a certain kind of salary. Actually, it took the board to force me to take something because I didn't even want to do that. I wanted to be about the church. So I'm not no high-paid pastor. Okay, and what I have, 
that we own as far as clothing and all and furniture and all that, I had that before I began to pastor. So don't come to my house looking like, oh, no, uh-uh, ain't no, oh. Okay, I'm telling you this because I don't want you to have the wrong idea why this message is being preached. This message is being preached for you to benefit. Because you can't beat God's giving. And whatever you give to God, he gives it back to you different than any other financial institution. Let me tell you, all the other institutions give you back a certain percentage or whatever. But God's financial plan gives you back a hundredfold. He multiplies the return. Okay, let's turn over to uh, Mark 4, verse 20. And this is Jesus speaking, okay? So it, it talks about all the different kinds of sores that sow a seed, okay? And, and, and let me tell you, the, the sores that are, are sowing seeds, it's based on their heart condition, what kind of seed they actually sow yes, amen. and how they're sowing. See, it is a heart thing. It, it's, it's, it's not about being generous. It's your heart that determines your obedience to sow. And especially when you got to do it by faith, by making that number one. I'm serious, most people, pastors ain't gonna tell you, they're gonna tell you, well, you can sow after you pay your bill. No, and, I'm t- and I can be emphatic about that because I live by that, so I know. Uh, it sometimes give my husband almost a heart attack, but I'm paying, I told him, you put tithes on that budget bill before you pay anything else. And whatever is left over, we pay the other. We're going to trust God. Yes. Not your income. Yes. Amen. So if your heart is right, then your return is going to be based on how your heart is functioning. Amen. So if, you, if you're going to function with light, fear, uh, anxiety and covetousness, coveting that dollar bill, that dollar bill, then that's how your return is going to come, okay? But verse 20 says, And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. See, God gives us back in multiplications. Yeah. Other financial institution gives you an interest on the money, okay? So that means that if you're tithing 10% of your money, you can get a $100,000 return if that's what you need. God ain't going to give you no 10% nothing back. You can't be him. Amen? So you sow freely um now like i said there is a difference between tithing and offering and if you are not a tither but you give offering and you want to consider that as your tithe let me just tell you all you've done is tipped god amen that ain't gonna work (laughs) you gotta first be obedient so you obediently give what he says for us to give and then if you want to give an offering you give extra now Remember, the tithing is your insurance policy. Yes. Means it's going to cover you and keep you to live. Yes. Your offering is going to give back money. Amen. Amen. Press down, shaking together, yes. and running over. Amen. If you are doing both, that's why our church does well. Amen. Okay, because we give out a lot. And I'm not, not one of those pastors who want to tell you to tithe, and I don't tithe. Amen. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. You will lose far more than you will gain as a believer holding on to those few little dollars. Because remember, God's financial plan supersedes every other financial institution Amen. in the world. Amen. Now, one of our reasons for not giving is having a soul tie to money. The question is, why and how did you become so fearful and attached to money that you don't even think to give him the first of all, and especially, or give him anything at all? You don't think to give him the first of your income or give him anything at all, 
especially after you've been taught on the principles of tithing and giving. Now, it's one thing when you don't know, but it's another thing when you've been taught and instead you, you manipulate your money. And, and, and it's another thing, too, about giving to pulpits that want to manipulate you and your money for their, their personal gain. Okay? This is not for my personal gain because I'm trusting God. Amen. This is to re release you yes. from the financial prison yes. that you're in yes. because no financial plan or none of that is going to work until you first obey God. Yes. You obey God and do what he tells you. And if you need a financial planner, so be it. But you've you got to first do what God said because a financial planner, born again, spirit-filled, tongue-speaking, and have all of the, the, the degrees and everything else in finances will not help you when you've been disobedient. Amen. Okay? Amen. Well, I think I said it all. Okay, I will do the benediction <laughs> finally. <huh? laughs> the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I pray for traveling mercies as you leave here. And when you leave, tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you.